Last month, we hosted our first medical webinar, kicking off with the topic sudden cardiac arrest in football. We are aware, though, that one hour is not enough to dive into all aspects of this topic, and that's why in this podcast, I talk with Tim Meyer, and he explains us more on the value of sudden cardiac arrest registries. So please, Tim, can you introduce yourself? My, my name is Tim Meyer. Um, I'm a full professor for sports and preventive medicine at uh, Saarland University in Germany. Um, I have worked for 21 years as a team doctor of the German national football, men's football team. Um, now I am the chairman of uh, UEFA's and the German FA's medical committee and uh, do a lot of research around football um, at my institute at Saarland University. And one of these um, research projects is a registry um, of sudden cardiac death and sudden cardiac arrests in football worldwide. We also run the registry only on a national basis for all types of sport. Um, and we try to register as many cases as possible. Um, I'm saying this because, as in any country, um, in Germany there is no mandatory reporting of sudden cardiac death during sport, um, but it is voluntary. So if there's no mandatory registration, then how do you approach this um, to, to register as much as possible? Can you briefly explain that? Yeah, we have, we have uh, four pillars of our registry. So one is a, an internet-based platform where anybody can report cases anonymously. Um, and we, we also collect cases uh, from pathology departments. And we have um, centers who report to us um, particularly on, on an international basis, so the football registry, uh, when they have national registries of sudden cardiac death, we ask them to provide us with the football cases. And finally, and maybe most importantly, because most cases arrive at our center by, by that means, is um, media screening. So many sudden cardiac death during sport um, occur in the media, and once we find them, we try to check what's behind the headlines. And, and going a little bit on that, how, how do you discern whether something is a sports-related cardiac event or a, a, a general cardiac event that just happened during sport? Um, th that's not easy, to be honest. So first of all, there is a definition. So a sports-related cardiac event occurs either during sport activity or within one hour afterwards. So... Uh, when it is uh, during the re rest of the day, it, it will not count as sport-related. Um, that is a bit arbitrary, of course, but that's uh, a definition um, which is agreed upon on international basis. So that's what we use. Um, and uh, that means anything that happens during sport is counted as a sport-related cardiac death. Of course, you, you don't know if it would have happened even without sport, um, but as sport itself is a trigger, um, it is a trigger because we have a sympathetic stimulation. Adrenaline is uh, released into the blood. Um, and uh, if you have a cardiac disease that has some arrhythmogenic potential, that means it may, ha may go along with arrhythmias, then sympathetic stimulation may lead to acute arrhythmias and to sudden cardiac death. If that occurs... It is always counted at as spotted. 
But when you re when you register, you don't know if that occurred, so you still need to go by this arbitrary uh, yeah, decision. That's you. You can't completely eliminate that. Huh. You, you don't know what would have happened without sport because it's not a not a prospective study, but a retrospective registration. And then the power is it probably in the numbers by having this hugely international worldwide. Is that a proper deduction? The, well, <laughs> of course that that contributes to. Uh, to our to our collection, so we need that. Uh, we're unable to to find um, each single case ourselves. But on the other hand side, we're fully aware, of course, that even on a national basis, we will not be complete, and on an international basis, we will even be less complete. Um, so when you calculate something like an incidence, so in the numerator you have the number of cases and um, in the denominator, you have either the exposure time or the exposed persons. Um, both will probably be impro imprecise. Um, so we, we are not calculating incidences, but what is unaffected by these uncertainties is the pattern of diseases. Because as far as I, well, I think there is no relevant disease that has a stigma. So the likelihood that they are reported is the same for all causes. Um, and that's why I think the pattern of diseases is well reflected in these registries, whereas the incidence is not. Okay, I get that. Um, but this goes a little bit into the limitations and the barriers of, of these, these, these registries, which I fully understand. But maybe, but what is the practical value of such a huge undertaking? Because this takes a lot of effort. It, it does indeed. So once we know about the diseases that are responsible for sudden cardiac death, um, we can then start to screen for that um, before they lead to, to arrhythmia or even sudden cardiac death. Um, because for most of these diseases, or for all of them, we, we know what the proper screening procedure is. Some can be screened well, others not so well. Um, but if we don't know about the diseases being responsible for sudden cardiac death, we, we can't design proper screening programs, of course. Well, that's... that's Obviously, one value. Um, do you also see value? That this is what we sometimes see in the scientific literature. That there's also big differences between demographics and and and, and geographical areas and and ethnicities. Even is is that also something we can unravel through the registry you have running? That's definitely something we can see. So the very early data came from the United States, and there was a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. That is very thick cardiac walls. So this is usually an inherited disease that becomes uh, visible a bit in, 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 in early adulthood or maybe in adolescence. Um, this was uh, the most frequent cause of death. And it is well known that this is prevalent uh, in Western Africa, very prevalent in Western Africa. And uh, with the, um, um, with, with the well, import of slaves um, into the U.S. in uh, um, centuries ago, um, there was a lot of West Africans coming into the U.S. and they are still a relevant part of the U.S. population. Um, so that's probably the re one of the reasons why hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is so frequent in the U.S. as an underlying cause of sudden cardiac death. The next data came from Italy, completely different. So, um, particularly in the region of Veneto, there was another type of cardiomyopathy, 
which is called arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, um, that was found frequently. So another pattern then in the U.S. and data from Germany, from France and other countries, um, once again show different patterns. It is likely that either the ethnic mix of the populations is the reason for that. It may also be affected by environmental factors, by different infectious agents um, that are found in these countries. So once populations are different from each other, you cannot simply um, state that the diseases underlying sudden cardiac death in sport are the same. If the ethnic mix is different, you need um, a new approach to check if uh, the pattern is different. But now you, you highlight a little bit of a paradox in my mind because you first said that the value of knowing the pattern of a disease helps you to screen, but now you also say that the pattern of the disease is diverse globally. Shouldn't we then have not this blanket of screening, but maybe more locally screening? This is right. So uh, if, if there is a... Co very different pattern of diseases in two countries, they may have two different screening programs that are optimal for each of these countries. Um, and this, so for, for example, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, so the disease that was found in the US as being frequent, is very well screened by um, medical history and resting ECG. And if there are some suspicious findings in that, um, it follows that an echocardiography is done, and usually then you have the diagnosis. Um, in the German registry, the most prevalent um, disease was myocarditis. However, myocarditis um, is usually not even, um, even present when the screening is conducted. It is an acquired disease from, uh, from an infection. So maybe the most appropriate measure to prevent myocarditis is education. So don't um, exercise when you have an infectious disease. Um, and then we have other types of uh, cardiac diseases that need other screening procedures. So overall, uh, there will not be a different screening for each country, but maybe um, two or three different types of screening approaches that are optimal for the, the one or the other country. Okay, but th th that's countries. Um I get that. But in Europe, if we talk about football, there is a really diverse population yep. in, in professional football at the highest levels. How, how, how do we deal with that? Yeah, that's true. So um, it, it's not just the population mix, it's the mix of uh, within a league. So, for example, in France, we probably have a lot of players from Northern Africa, from the French-speaking countries in Northern Africa, um, that is different from, uh, for example, England. In England, uh, we may have a, a mix from from many countries and among them more English-speaking ones, whereas in Spain we find uh, a lot of players from, from South America. So in, indeed, it, it's not just about the country, it is about the, the league as far as you have specific data for this league. Because if you only go into a league, um, sudden cardiac death fortunately is so rare that you're almost unable to find a pattern. So once you know a little bit about countries, um, you may have to transform this information to then figure out what's best for a given league. 
So this blanket approach to screening at, at the level we're talking about here is is actually the only and, and best approach possible. Yeah, that's that's right. So finally, it comes down to two, maybe three different approaches and uh, based on how your league looks, how your population looks, you have to decide in favor of one of them. Okay. Hey, one final question about, about the screening because you, you just made the difference between inherited and acquired potential diseases and potential risk factors. That implies that screening is not a one-off. It's something you need to do at set times with set intervals. Yeah, so... So even, even for the inherited diseases, it, it might not be so easy because even if they are inherited, they are not necessarily present at birth. So they develop. And for them to be recognized, it may take years. So let's take the example of uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. You will usually not diagnose it at the age of five, but maybe in late adolescence. So then it's more obvious. Then the ECEG starts to change. And then in, in the echocardiography, um, it can be detected. Um, this can have a different temporal pattern for another cardiomyopathy. So even if it is inherited, um, if you screen too early, you may not find it. On the other hand side, the acquired diseases, this is mainly myocarditis, um, and, well, not, not, not necessarily acquired diseases, but the diseases that are um, not present during screening. That is myocarditis and commotio cordis. Commotio cordis is a blow to the chest, which leads uh, acutely to arrhythmia. That is something you cannot predict. That is something you will never find. Um, acquired diseases um, are those ones who develop during life, like coronary artery disease. There are some cases in young men and women but it's much more likely in, in older age. So when we go into the registry findings in several countries, at older age, we usually find the majority of cases from coronary artery disease, so myocardial infarction or something like that. Um, whereas at younger age, we have the mix I was uh, already explaining. Okay. You just said young men and women. Um, but if I look in my mind, to what I've seen in the papers in the past years and on TV happening, it's it's always male footballers. Is there a difference between males and females where it concerns yes risk? In in, in, in most registries, we see at least 90% of the cases in males. Um, that has several reasons. Um, one is that these cardiac diseases uh, are more likely, more prevalent in men. Um, if you have a look into cardiac uh, rehabilitation groups in, in, in older um, persons, you mainly see males. That's not just by chance. And um, there is another reason. Um, still, women stop competitive sport a bit earlier than men. Um, so competitive sport in the age between 40 and 60 is not um, exclusively for males, but it's mainly done by males. Um, as this is the age range with the highest uh, likelihood of sudden cardiac death. This means that uh, this distribution contributes to men being at a higher risk than, than women. So overall, um, three different factors lead to men being at higher risk. Okay, and then there's one other difference I'm really interested in. So, so men, women, that's one. The other one, you also run the registry for all sports in Germany. Yeah. Are there any notable differences between football and, and 
other sports? Well, in Germany, um, football is the the sport that leads to most sudden cardiac death. So what does it mean? Um, football is very popular. It's the most popular sport in Germany, so that definitely contributes to that. Football is a dynamic sport. Football leads to sympathetic stimulation. So overall, the dynamic sports that go along, let's say, with high heart rates, so they are more likely to lead to sudden cardiac arrest or sudden cardiac death. And once again, football is um, more played by men and only football at the age of 40 to 60 is probably the sport, the competitive sport that is done by, by most people in Germany. So these factors altogether lead to football having a lot of cases, which is partly from the properties of the sport and partly caused by the popularity and by the popularity in males. Interesting. So there's a little bit of a bias there that, that we need to consider. Um, final question, maybe the hardest one. <laughs> You've been running this registry now um, for, for, for a while. What, what are maybe two, three main things that you found out of this registry that you didn't expect to find when you started it? So first of all, we um, really had a different pattern to, to other countries. So that was not totally unexpected, but we did not precisely know how the German pattern would look. And what is the pattern? The pattern is that particularly um, cardiomyopathies don't play a big role in Germany, whereas the screening system is a little bit designed to detect them. Um, whereas myocarditis, for example, plays a bigger role than expected. Um, so that might be a target for future educational uh, efforts. Um, what we see in, in all registries, but also in ours, is that a, a number of cases remains unexplained, sometimes even after autopsy. Um, however, that can hardly be explained in a, in a way that strenuous sport leads to sudden cardiac death. So all experts agree on cardiac disease being present in these cases, but maybe it remains undetected because the applied methods are not sensitive enough. So we have a type of diseases which is called electrical heart disease or ion channelopathies. So these are microscopic or submicroscopic changes uh, which don't change the structure of the heart. So it is not visible. And, and even um, um, micro methods sometimes fail to detect the disease. Also, there is a variety of these diseases, so even genetic screening will not always inform us. Um, that is something that will, even in the next years, hardly be completely solved. So there's a lot of lessons learned, but there's also still a lot of lessons to be learned. Do, do you think there's a lot of development still ongoing or still possible within the next five years? or? Are we hitting a dead end? De definitely, there, there is some development that needs to be followed up. We also always must try to see if our efforts have success or not. So if we, um, if we apply a screening system, of course, we need at least we need to try to check if it's successful or not. The best approach has been done in Italy, where screening is mandatory by law, and it has been shown that it was very successful. Um, in terms of? In, in terms of saving lives. 
because uh, the rate of um, sudden cardiac death in athletes went clearly down, whereas the rate in, in a comparison group uh, remained on the same level. So uh, that's not easy to conduct such a study, but at least you should be able to follow up a change in the patterns, because if the patterns of disease change, then, uh, for example, um, screening examinations may have to be changed. A good example could be the pandemic. We haven't seen changes in the type of um, cardiac arrest or sudden cardiac death, but it could have been. So it was it was worth checking for that. That's that's, I think, a really good last last comment that showed, in my opinion, the value of having a registry and do all the effort in there, but also out of that the value of screening for these diseases and, and potentially preventing further harm. Yeah, a lot of screening was done during the pandemic, of course, so uh, it, even that may may have been part of the reason why we don't have an increase in, in myocarditis uh, during that period of time. But um, nevertheless, without following up the types of diseases, we would definitely be unable to, to find changes. I think we can talk another full hour about this but uh for for time's sake maybe we should should leave it at this and and follow this up another time thank you tim thank you